How are you doing, Arizona Nation? Welcome back to another edition of the Arizona Podcast. I'm your host, Dax. Gabe, Brandon, and I are excited to bring you another episode. Hello, Tate at quarterback. Please tackle 14 for Arizona. That's the difference in the football game. He was amazing. Tate is doing things that I see Reggie Bush didn't do, Matt Leiner didn't do, Marcus Mariota didn't do, Marcus Allen didn't do. He's won four straight Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week awards. an absolute strike. A pass that couldn't have been thrown any more accurately from Tate. Extra you guys kind of have to do this week uh, to make sure you can contain him on Saturday. Great. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play. Remember, we are the Arizona podcast. That's Echo Romeo Alpha podcast when you enter your search. Remember to follow Gabe at Gabe underscore Encinas and Brandon at U of A Bear Down 07. Check out ArizonaDesertSwarm.com for all your latest Wildcat news and articles from Gabe and Brandon and the rest of the Swarm crew. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Podcast Zona. Visit us on Facebook at The Arizona Podcast and email the podcast at ArizonaPodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to email, tweet, and Facebook. Post any comments or questions. We're uh, happy to have your feedback and we're going to be doing some more picks against the spread. So you guys get your picks into us and we'll get them on the podcast. Um, let's just take a second, gentlemen, and talk about uh, Tony Ellison. Um, I'd like to get your guys' feedback on one comment he made that, that lit up social media. Um, it was basically a question. I think Michael Lev threw it out. Is that your guys' recollection who asked it, the question? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it sounded like him. And it said uh, something to the effect that U of A fans were panicking over the losing in the opener. And Tony responded, um, Quote, we tune that out. Sorry, but we don't worry about you guys that much. We're just focused on the game plan. Uh, how, th- there was much to do about this. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, I think it was, once again, just people overreacting. Um, it, it, it's him basically – I mean, you see it, athletes say it all the time. If, if you got – if you got um, – you know, if they worried about people, um, you know, what they say about the game, about what they play or, you know, how they played or anything like that and not focus on the game or the game plan or anything like that and, and are distracted by what the fans say, the, it, they're not going to play well. Um, it, it, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't I, th- I think people just took whatever, you know, misinterpreted it however they wanted to and then took it and ran with it and. Yeah, once again, I see things like, you know, stop promoting Arizona football, stop promoting this, stop doing that. Like, so it's just overreaction nonsense that, you know, right after the first, you know, right after BYU game. So, um, but then again, I saw some fans that, uh, and I talked to the few, few of them that like 
they asked, they were more or less questioning what Tony meant by it and explaining it. They can see it from that point of view and we're a little bit more open to it. And, uh, you know, and then, and then responded as such. So, and then, you know, there were fans that were like, you know, didn't, it didn't bother him at all and actually understood what he was trying to say. Um, you know, people can say, and I can see what people were saying when like, you know, Tony worded it a weird way or, you know, could have worded it better. Sure. Whatever. But I think taking something like that and running and not understanding it from the athlete's perspective is kind of a, eh, something I wouldn't have done. How about you, Gabe? Yeah. I mean, I think it was just poor word choice and a poor, uh, presentation of what he was trying to say. I think there's just a lot better ways to say that you're tuning everything out. You're just focusing on the team and you try not to worry about, um, you know, the rest of the fans, but just really poor, poor phrasing there from Tony. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he talked to media relations and such. And I mean, they have trainings in the summer too, but uh, yeah, some people definitely ran away with this one. I know a lot of ASU fans kind of picked it up. And if it were uh, an ASU player saying uh, something of that nature, then U of A fans would run with it. But yeah, he just kind of got caught in a, in a poor phrasing of that, answer i guess um and you know just uh yeah you just gotta move on i guess yeah i think it's much ado about nothing i uh i think he was actually based on his smirk on his face and in the way he presented i think he was taking a jab but i think i'd have done the same thing at his age you know if you're not with us you're against this type thing so if people are talking smack about the team you know we don't need you sort of thing I got no beef with that. He's a kid. He's going to learn, like he's saying. He's going to get coached up on that. And it would have been much easier and blander if he would have come up with some, you know, boring platitude of cliche that we expect from athletes and always criticize them for coming out with. But you can hardly blame them when everybody freaks out anytime that they uh, say what they're really thinking. So, uh, you know, much ado, and I'm sure he'll learn and improve from it. And I think he had a great game, and I think he's going to continue to improve and be a good asset for the program. Uh, let's move on to the Houston preview. Um, Major Applewhite, uh, one of the better names in college football, uh, sure. took over when uh, Houston's president, um, and of course, we're basing this all on Bill Connolly's preview as usual because he's the best in the business. Um, he was hired uh, when Houston's president gl- declared that winning eight games wasn't going to be enough. Quote, winning, the winning is defined at the University of Houston at 10 and 2. Um, we fire coaches at eight and four. So he went full, uh, Ray Anderson there at Houston. And, um, I thought that was pretty uh, funny stuff. Apple white, uh, did go seven and five in his first season and shockingly wasn't, uh, fired. Um, they're running with concerted, uh, converted wide receiver to Eric King. Um, he was, uh, Houston's leading returning passer, rusher and receiver. And he increased their scoring average by 2.3 points per game from 27.3 to 29.6 when he took over late in the year. Um, there was an unexpected uh, spring departure of the uh, primary running back, uh, Duke Cantalone. Um, uh, former Baylor back, uh, Terrence Williams, is a transfer over, and they've got quite a few transfers this year and is expected to help offload some of that uh, production they've lost. Kendall Bryles uh, came over from the controversial uh, Baylor mess and has been running the offense. Um They've lost uh, 
backup quarterbacks, uh, Kyle Postema and uh, Kyle Allen, uh, Arizona fans, I'm sure will require re- remember him. Uh, uh, you guys want to make any comments on Kyle's time here in Arizona and his uh, recruitment and what you guys thought of him in his career sense, uh, Gabe? Um, I mean, this was just one that an in-state guy where you wish that you would have had him. And from the beginning, I'm not sure how much Arizona had uh, with his recruitment, but a Kevin Sumlin guy. And that's kind of, for me, as soon as Kevin Sumlin was hired, kind of my first worry was like the management of quarterbacks because you had a bunch of guys coming in and out of Texas A&M, Kyler Murray, Manziel, Kyle Allen. I want uh, Trevor Knight was in there as well. So just kind of this group of elite quarterbacks that all said that there was terrible management in the locker room. And, and yeah, I mean, I, there were some people last year, I remember uh, around February or so, I think Kyle Allen got invited to the pro day and there were some, I don't think he started more than like four games in his career in four or five years or whatever, but he was like a potential NFL late training camp kind of guy, but I don't know if he's ever done anything since. <laughs> no, he, uh, I mean, he wasn't anything special actually when he came to, uh, to, uh, Tucson last year during the game. I mean, it wasn't really anything mind blowing. Uh, Gabe pretty much hit on the most, most of it. Um, you know, and, and also another point to probably think about too, like I under, I definitely get where Gabe's coming from with, uh, with, you know, being a little bit concerned about someone's management of quarterbacks, but yeah. So look at it, it's probably too just the the uh, uh, personalities of the, of the quarterbacks as well as to why uh, there were all those transfers and whatnot. Um, and I think Kyle Am- Kyle Allen had one of those uh, you know alpha type personalities to where you know he was a star in high school and everything like that and couldn't win the starting QB job, so um, he he transferred. Um, but yeah, uh, Gabe mostly hit on most of it. But yeah, I don't, I don't think. I mean, he hasn't done much. Um, I don't think he will. That's just kind of my opinion on that. Yeah, that's that's uh, seems to be the mo. If you're a, a reasonably well recruited quarterback, if you if you come in and you don't get that starting job, the the answer generally is to transfer. Speaking of which, uh, Tennessee transfer uh, Quentin Dormady uh, is could step in at quarterback um, if there's an issue. Um, with Cantalone gone, uh, the carries are going to be uh, served by a combination of juniors, um, Molba Carr, who had 4.9 yards per carry, and Patrick Carr, who had 3.3 carries, along with Kevrin uh, Justice, um, who had 99 yards in the spring game but hasn't had a carry in an actual game. Uh, the offensive line uh, was uh, pretty solid. Um, they were 21st in adjusted sack rate and 60th in stuff rate and uh, returns uh, 36 of 64 starts. Uh, for 94 career over starts overall. However, the receiving core is not as robust in returning targets. Uh, they must replace all five of last year's top targets, including their quarterback. Departed uh, receivers Dunbar, Bonner, uh, Lede, King, and Catalone accounted for 77% of the targets, and only two returners with more than seven catches are juniors Lark and Corbin. Uh, however, their combined uh, per-target average was 9.7 yards. They're bringing in sophomores Marquise Stevenson, redshirt freshman uh, Jeremy Singleton, and Parker Eichenberger. Uh, a tight end and true freshman uh, Julon Williams and uh, Jacory uh, Morgan. On defense, they finished 49th in S&P Plus. 
Uh, they run a 3-4 with uh, Oliver in the middle. He had uh, 16.5 sacks, uh, tackles for loss and 5.5 sacks, uh, which is pretty impressive for a 3-4 lineman. Or, well, more than pretty impressive. It's amazing. Um, and is the reason he's un, you know very likely to be the number one pick. However, they were uh, merely only good against the run at 35th and rushing S&P Plus, which I'm sure Arizona fans would kill for at this point, which does seem underwhelming given uh, Oliver's outstanding performance. There's also uh, ends uh, Jared uh, Carter returning from a foot injury and sophomore uh, Peyton Turner along with four-star TCU transfer Isaiah Chambers, who adds to the transfer mix at the program. They do have half of their six linebackers back, including uh, Igbule, Godfrey, and Robinson, along with yet another transfer in uh, Miami transfer, Darian Owens, uh, who's going to be contributing to depth at linebacker. Sophomore David Anini also has a pair of sacks among his five and a half tackles. Another uh, transfer, um, Deontay Anderson is going to be joining the secondary along with um, Notre Dame transfer Nick Watkins, along with four seniors, Garrett Davis, Isaiah Johnson, Alexander Myers, and Joel Williams. Uh, giving them a pretty uh, high floor on the secondary uh, special teams as a strength, mostly because of punter, uh, a punter Dane Roy, who ranked 22nd in the country in punt efficiency. He only averaged 41.8 yards per kick, but only gave up 48 return yards the entire season. Also kicker Caden. Uh, yeah, that's crazy, right? Novikov yeah. is solid too. Um, Houston, um, uh, Stomped Rice late, uh, coming back in the second half, 45-27. Derek King accounted for four touchdowns. He finished uh, 17 of 24, passing with 320 yards, and added 33 yards rushing. Uh, Stevenson had 107 yards receiving and 61 yards rushing. Ed Oliver um, had 13 tackles, including 3.5 for loss. That gives him 43 for loss in his 26-game career. Good gravy. And Isaiah Chambers added three sacks from the defensive line. Gentlemen, uh, let's start with you, Gabe. How do you see Houston uh, break it down for us? Uh, well, first, I want to know how they're landing so many transfers and what's making it such an attractive spot. Because really, I mean, I get that they're kind of like a, a cool kind of group of five-ish kind of team. But I don't know. It's just crazy. They're landing guys from big-time programs. So it's really interesting to see all of them kind of coming together now for this season. But I think it'll be interesting. I, I didn't get to watch too much of that Rice game, but I liked what I saw out of Derek King. I think that they got a pretty nice offense. I mean, it is Rice, and uh, you know we're not too sure how great they are, but I think it's definitely going to be a an upgrade from BYU. Um, I don't know if they'll have quite the running game that that BYU had, and they were just kind of running all over Arizona. But the offense, I think, will be a bigger test for Arizona this time. So just hoping that the defense, I mean, really what was missing last week was just the pressure, the sacks, and the turnovers. That's what really, I mean, Arizona was giving up uh, a lot of yardage and a lot of points last year, but they could eventually find a way out of it by generating one of those three. So you really need to get that going this week. And then for their defense, I mean, it's, it's Ed Oliver. And last year he had a pretty good game against Arizona and that was one of Arizona's better offensive lines perhaps in the last few years. So now you're coming in true freshman left tackle. Uh, I didn't know that Theo Lacusa never played guard prior to Saturday. So his second game ever at guard and then Josh McCauley, uh, just not who you really anticipated at center. So 
but yeah, it's it's wide open for for Ed Oliver, and so you're just gonna really have to game plan around him and just go. Yeah, you're gonna have to just play all around him. What do you think, Brandon? So I agree with Gabe. I think Houston's gonna be a little bit more, you know, like a little bit of a step up from from BYU. Um, it is, yeah. I, I, the, the transfers are pretty interesting. Um, it is crazy how many they've gotten. I think they got, and they got a um, who was it? Uh, Jeremy Singleton from Utah, who's a receiver. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, I know last year uh, uh, Arizona could have easily won that game last year if Brandon Dawkins wasn't playing uh, QB. I know Ed Oliver gave him all kinds of trouble. I don't recall Ed Oliver actually giving Khalil Tate once he came into that game trouble. I do know that Khalil ended up getting hurt. and But, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of interested to see how uh, Arizona's offensive line actually adjusts to um, Ed Oliver and, and uh, Houston's defensive line. Uh, they're not the best defensive line in the, in the country, but they're, they're a pretty good group. I, w- I would say a pretty solid group, actually. Um, I agree. Like at all, I mean, at Oliver's at Oliver, he's going to do at Oliver things. Um, but Cleo's going to hopefully do Cleo things, uh, this time around, uh, in this game. So I'm, I'm very interested to see that matchup. I'm really interested to see how, uh, Arizona's offense comes out against Ed Oliver and, and the rest of the Cougar defense. Um, I will say that the, the Arizona defense rewatching, and I know, um, you and I chatted a little bit about it, Dax, and you were, you were tweeting this stuff out. But Arizona's defense actually did get a decent amount of pressure on Tanner Mangum. I think it was just the fact that Mangum was calm for the most part in the pocket and managed to get plays out because his, the flats were wide open. So um, I'm really interested. I think that that pressure that uh, you know Arizona gave on Mangum, who was actually an experienced quarterback, I think it could cause problems for um, – Houston's QB, who's uh, you know converted wide receiver for uh, King, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Derek King. So very interested to see how how he handles the pressure because it was there during the BYU game. Um, people probably just didn't see it because Mangum managed to get the plays off, um, including that crazy one, which shouldn't have happened. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting and intriguing matchup. Yeah, um, I I tweeted out a bunch of uh, you know either short videos or or picks. I I think you got to give credits to the AARP uh, card carrying um, Tanner Mangum just for getting plays out into the flat efficiently under you know under significant duress. You know maybe he wasn't in the grasp, but there certainly were a lot of opportunities that a lot of other quarterbacks might have been flustered. Um, certainly no sacks, but I think the the quote unquote no pressures was probably a little bit of a um, you know he was smart he got the ball out when the pressure was coming before it became an issue um, and I then mean, and there was even there's third there was down. one instance where J- yeah J B Brown was right in his face yeah. and he just dumped and, the ball out to the flat and yeah I mean and so and he made a ton of smart quick decision plays like that um, there's another one where it was third down and he ended up rushing so that counted as a rush but he was flushed out of the pocket and and so I mean it. Anyways, it's neither here nor there. It wasn't successful enough to win the game. So, um, yeah, I I don't know about this one. But that's uh, your guys' breakdown. So we're going to save the picks on that. So let's jump into our picks for the week, okay? Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. 
UCLA at number six, Oklahoma. Uh, this is at 10 a.m. on Fox. Uh, Oklahoma is giving up 30 points, which is actually up from 25. Uh, the over-under is oh, at 64, which is down from 64.5. So it's interesting that the the mm-hmm. spread went up by 5, but the over-under uh, dropped a little bit. What say you, gentlemen? Wow, 30 points is a lot. Oh, man. I mean, a week ago, I thought that UCLA could lose to Cincinnati. The 19 or the 18 that they got was ridiculous. And it looked pretty bad. They don't really have a quarterback. Oklahoma looked pretty good against FAU. I don't think I can give Oklahoma the 30 points, though. I'm t- I'll take UCLA there, but I'll take the over as well on that. Bucking the trend. I like it. So I'm actually going to go with Oklahoma with the 30. Their, their offense, I mean, uh, did, you see, did you see UCLA's defense on the fir- in the first week? Um, it looked as bad as last year's. Although I'm going to say this. Gabe was tweeting out, and he said, man, it, they got boat raced. I mean, UCLA was in that game in the fourth quarter, and then it just kind of got away. All those obnoxious fourth down attempts by both teams, and Chip Kelly you know, misses, and then, um, and then Cincinnati hits on it. So, I mean, that was a 14-point swing right there. I, I don't know. The way I envisioned it, the way Gabe described it, I was expecting it to be a, a much more substantial ass-whooping, especially based on the final score. I mean, I think I think they're in the in the in the game because it was just Cincinnati. I mean, they're not that great of a team, you know. Um, I mean, their offense is nothing really crazy, well, special I, or explosive, you know. And to, to to yeah, to the other side of the coin, obviously UCLA was favored, but then we were too. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give Oklahoma the thirty, um, and I am gonna go with Gabe and go with the over. All right, I think I'm gonna take Oklahoma. Um, I think that they're really going to slice up uh, UCLA, and I agree with you, especially as it relates to the run um, defense there. And I'm going to go on the over there. Excuse me, I'm going to go on the under there, um, just to be contrary to you two. Um, Portland State at Oregon. Uh, Portland's oh, not God. a state. There's no line on this. I assume everybody's going to take Oregon in a trouncing there. Uh, Colorado at, at Nebraska. I thought this one was interesting. Nebraska's given up four points. Uh, with an over-under of 64, which is actually up from 62.5. This is on at 1230 on ABC. Yeah, this is interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's a strange. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, God. All right. You know what? I'm going to go with Colorado on this one. Um, Got to go with my boy, Steven Montez. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with, with Colorado on the points, and I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm gonna go with the under on on the overall. How about you, Gabe? Uh, I'm definitely going under. I just don't know. Nebraska didn't play last week. They got postponed twice, I, I guess, because they were supposed to play Sunday. And then now here comes my my academic research study here, where I wish I could know. <laughs> Play teams that did not play the week before. It'll be your doctorate's perform? thesis, Gabe. Your yes. Thesis. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I think I have to go Nebraska. I think they'll win by like seven. I think it'll be a close game. All righty, I'm going to take Colorado. Um, uh, I actually like the way they looked in that first game, despite the competition, and I'm not convinced about Nebraska. Although Frost 
I'm probably ill-advised betting against them, but I'm going to first year, first game. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and go with Colorado. Um, and I'll also take the under, I don't think that thing's going to get too out of control. Um, uh, university of North Dakota, um, at number nine, UW 2 PM PAC 12 network, insert ESPN cupcake joke here. Um, no line. I assume everybody's going to take, uh, UW in yeah. a, a tear laden uh, frustration beat down on North Dakota. Um, yeah, they're going to be looking for revenge, man. It's they're going to drub them. Um, Utah uh, minus ten at Northern Illinois University um, with an over under of forty seven and a half, which is down from forty nine. This is on at four thirty on ESPN News. What do you guys think? Mm, I'm going to take Utah on this one. Uh, I'm not, and it's mainly because of the defense. Um, we all know that their offense is kind of blip. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely taking Utah on the points. Um, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the under. All right. Gabe, what do you think about Utah? Uh, this is kind of sneaky for me. I don't know much about NIU this year, but I feel like they're always a competitive eight and four, maybe a 10 and two kind of team. NIU makes it interesting for sure. Utah. I didn't watch. Who did they play last week? I didn't really watch. They too played a uh, Weber state. Oh yeah. That was the Thursday night game. Yeah. Oh man. The, uh, went, Brand- for, went for it on fourth down a couple times, ran the fake punt. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. They jacked them, but they had to pull out. Although I thought Hundley looked pretty good in all fairness. Hmm. Uh, you know, I'll go, I'll go Utah in the under. Okay. Yeah. I mean, traveling East is tough, but they've got a four thirty our time kickoff. So it's not like, you know, we're, we're kicking off at nine. Uh, UCLA is kicking up at 10. Remember when they went back to uh, Memphis and they had that like 8 a.m. kickoff or something? I mean, mm-hmm. UCLA just got trounced. So, um, you know, Colorado's got a kickoff at 1230. So, I mean, they got a 430 kickoff. That's not too bad. Um, Wait, maybe, maybe I want the over on 47. That seems very low. Well, so I'm going I mean, over. You're going Utah's, over. Utah's offense isn't very explosive. So, I'm Zach Moss is their main weapon. Yeah. You going over, no, Gabe? I'm, yeah, I'm going over. I like it. Be bold, man. Be contrarian. Uh, Southern Utah University uh, at Oregon State at 5 p.m. Pac-12 Networks. Uh, that's no line there. I assume the Beavers are going to get their one win for the year there. Does anybody feel strongly otherwise? I agree with that. No, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's like a three-point game. <laughs> that's brutal. <laughs> All righty. Uh, no. <laughs> Game of the week, uh, number 17, USC at number 10, Ferd. Uh, Ferd's uh, given up six points, which is, which is up from four with an over-under of, check this out, 50, uh, 56.5, which is up from 54.5. So people are betting Ferd and the over. I find that to be a strange combination. Uh, what do you think, Gabe? I'm taking Stanford by 14. Woo! Put that it'll be, bank. yeah, it'll be under for sure. I don't think, yeah, I can't imagine 57 between these two. Yeah, no kidding. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I'll take Ferd. Uh, they'll probably win by 10. And I, I agree with Gabe. Uh, it'll be uh, the under. I mean, yeah, their defense was kind of shaky last week, but this is a rivalry game. They're going to be up for it. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. I think under inferred. So that's our first uh, consensus pick of the pick of the week. Uh, take it to the bank. Bet it like it's hot. Uh, Cal at BYU. Uh, Cal Golden Blogs or one of the sports sites was talking smack about how bad U of A was and how easy a win it was going to be at BYU. Uh, BYU has given up three points, uh, which is up from two and a half, and the over-under is at 46. So let's hope Cal gets destroyed there so we can send back tweets making fun of them. Uh, The over-under of 46 and a half uh, is actually down from 47. This is on at 7.15 p.m. on ESPNU or ESPN2. Um, So check your local listings right there. Um, What do you think, uh, Brandon? Uh, This is... Uh, this is so tough. This one's so tough, dude, because, uh, I mean, Cal had a complete meltdown and, and, and almost lost the game against um, North Carolina at home. They're traveling to B. They're traveling to Provo. BYU is not a pushover, man. They they may have had a down year last year, but they may not be as much of a pushover as people think. This is... Uh... God, I'm going to go with... Um... I'm going to do it, man. I'm going with BYU, and I'm going to go with the – I'm going to go with the over. Gaber? If this game were at Cal, I would pick them, and I think they could squeak out a win. I still think they could squeak out a win, but I'm going to take BYU. I think it'll be it'll be a one-possession game perhaps, maybe 10 points, and then I'll take the over on that. Oh, that's two in a row we're agreeing on. I'm going to go BYU, and I'm going to go over also. Um, I actually think BYU is going to cover no problem, and I think it's the score is going to get jacked up. I mean, traveling to Provo, I mean, that's it's going to no be – It's no joke, dude. Yeah, it's going to be – no joke. Uh, all the life will be sucked out of Cal by the time they arrive. They should just be a little desiccated like a raisin when they arrive up there. So it should be easy fixings <laughs> for BYU. Their, hidey, their hardiness in, up in the mountains, they should take them down no problem. All right, number 15, uh, Michigan State is uh, giving up six points at Arizona State. Over-under is 54, which is down from 56.5. This is on at 7.45 p.m. on ESPN. All right, Gabe, I know you're you're glued. You're going to be glued to your television. What are you taking? <laughs> so Michigan State almost lost to Utah State at home, too. And for whatever reason... I feel like this is a total ASU game to win, especially, especially with Herm Edwards here. Like I, I'm, I'm actually terrified that they could actually somehow win this game. <laughs> terrified but, is the correct description of that game. <laughs> but I think I'll go. I'll, I'll take Michigan State to cover. I don't know how I feel about the over under, but. Ah, man. Yeah, I'll go over. All right, I like it. Gabe? Uh, I'm going to... I mean, I'm gonna, uh, Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to go with Michigan State. Weird stuff happens in Scum Devil Stadium, but, like, <laughs> I think that this might be a little bit different. Um, I mean, for crying out loud, Arizona State played UTSA. They're not trailblazers. Uh, UTSA doesn't have a, like, legit offense, so... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Michigan State. Um, to, yeah, definitely points on Michigan State. Now, I agree with Gabe. I'll go with that over as well. 
Yeah, I'm going over too. Um, I'm actually going to go with ASU. They play tough at home. I mean, think about that ridiculous Wisconsin game where they couldn't spot the ball in time for them to oh, yeah. get that no, playoff. Well, yeah. Another, so, and then Notre Dame comes in and like the worst Notre Dame team in what? two, three decades, and they get a win there. And, of course, ASU is, like, sticking a feather in their cap over that. Um, and so yeah. – or the Washington State game where Washington just pukes up a oh, game God. every year. Dude, the it was, there's some weird nonsense that goes on at that stadium, dude. That's because yeah. they play the speakers of their obnoxious one-inch larger TV. Uh, it was intentionally <laughs> built to be bigger than ours because they don't have any adequacy issues. Um and uh, they play that thing all the way up until like 10 seconds before the play clock's out when the other team's on offense. So I'm glad we've, um, re- we've uh, replicated that incredibly obnoxious behavior. And now we play our automa- electronic automated sound, which is a clear rule violation. You're not supposed to be able to use artificial noise in the stadium. Um, we, we usually shut it down like at 20 seconds left on the play clock, but they run it till about five seconds. So um, I think that's a big factor. And People should be screaming over that. It's a bigger factor probably than Todd videotaping the other team and stealing their signals. Um, but I'm going to take ASU because things get goofy in Pac-12 after dark, and they just seem to always play well at home. So, um, And I'm going over. I think it's going to be a mess over there. Uh, San Jose State. San Jose is not a state. Uh, at Washington State, uh, 8 p.m., Pac-12. Uh, Washington State is giving up uh, eight points with an over or under, excuse me, Washington State is giving up, yeah, eight points would be nice. Washington State is giving up 34 and a half points, which is down from 35 with an over under of 65 and a half, which is up from 62 and a half. Um, lay on me, gentlemen. Washington State easily covers that. Ooh, I, that was quick. I did, like, I thought that I, I honestly thought that they, Wyoming would be as big a challenge, and look what they did to them. They freaking like destroyed them. Um, so I think that I think that Wazoo can easily they'll win all big, big, and I think I'll take the over on that. All San right. Jose wow. State's not that great. Seventy points, I love it. Or you know, sixty-five and a half. You go. Ah. Uh. Man, thirty-five. Like this is where it starts to get iffy for me. Like I was, oh man, I don't think I can take Washington State on thirty-five. Maybe like twenty-eight. I'll do that. Uh, for uh, sixty-five, I'm taking San Jose on the points. Alrighty. Thirty thirty-four is just too much. Sixty-five. Ah. Uh, I'll go under on that, too. All right, Brandon, you're all by yourself, man. We're, I'm going San Jose State, and I'm going under. I'm telling you why. This is the perfect game for the Pirate to shitbox himself. So, <laughs> <laughs> the one that he should nail is the one they're going to struggle with and potentially lose. So I totally agree with Gabe. All right, let's get to Arizona and Houston. Houston's given up three and a half points. That's down from four. The over-under is 71, which is up from 66. This is on 9 a.m. on either ABC or ESPN2. One's east of the Mississippi and one's west of the Mississippi. I can't remember which one's in our region and if it's ABC or ESPN. Do you guys remember? It's, based on the- it's ABC for our region. I, yeah, okay. That's, okay. Yep. that's a Mississippi division. So if you're east of the Mississippi, you're going to be ESPN2. So lay it on me, gentlemen. It's interesting. Do you think the fact that the spread is going towards Arizona – and the over-under is crawling up that people are buying into Kevin 
uh, someone's we've got to use, we've got to release the Tate uh, talk? Could be. I mean, 71's a lot, especially to go up five points. That's That's quite a bit. But for me... I don't know how much they really... I mean, obviously, Cleo Tate has to get the ball a little bit more, but I don't know how much more they really change it. I'm a little skeptical about that. If they didn't want to change it for four quarters and they weren't producing much, it's just hard for me to believe that they're going to kind of run a, a similar offense as a, uh, compared to last year uh, where Khalil really made his money. And I... It'll be a close one. Right now, I think my latest was 27-24 Houston. So I'll take Houston on the points. And That's... I'm going to I'm going to take the under. Lay it on us, Brandon. Mm, this one's actually tough to pick. This was probably the toughest game to pick because I can honestly see it going any which way, you know. Oh god. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take Arizona on the points, and uh, I'll go with under. I knew you were going to do that, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go with Gabe, and I'm going to take Houston. I think it's not even going to be close, and then I'm going to take the under because I think we're going to have the same issues we had in the first game. But uh, if that's the case, and obviously we'll cover that after the game, if you're not Arizona fans, these are all non-conference games. It's not going to impact our ability to make a splash in the Pac-12 South, and I could really see us turn in the corner after we get home, get a – Get a cupcake, get settled, get an easy Pac-12 W, and then we could, I think we could get right pretty quick, um, even if we don't win this game and with the unfortunate uh, outcome of the first game. But uh, we'll dive into that if it becomes an issue. All right, gentlemen, uh, thank you very much, and uh, excited for Saturday's game. Bear down. Bear down. Yes, sir, bear down.